so kind of the first question I had, and also you brought that up in your two shirts and one lie, is that you lived in five countries. Um, I'm really interested in that. So where are you originally from? And can you tell me more about kind of how you got to those five countries? Well, I, uh, uh, I actually started here in Iowa. So uh, uh, started in Iowa, just a, a farm town about half hour northwest of Des Moines. Uh, my dad's family is still there. We've got Century Farms. The Century Farm is one that's been owned by the, and run by the same family for over a hundred years. So the family's been there for a long time. Um, and and I'm, I'm the one who sort of moved away and lived all around the world. Uh, you know, the, the genesis of that was um, I was in junior high, seventh grade, and my local junior high school started they offered language classes. So I took French. It was either French or Spanish. Those are the only two they offered. So I took French. And I'm sitting in my French class the second day of class. And there's posters all around the, the room of different places in, in France. And I'm learning to speak another language. And it hits me like a ton of bricks. I still remember this. I was thinking to myself, I here I am. I'm speaking another language or learning to speak another language. And wouldn't it be so incredibly cool to live and work in another country somewhere around the world? Uh, so you fast forward about mm, uh, almost 18 to 20 years and I'm with working with a company and uh, working with their European operations, but doing it from the US. And my boss came to me along with one of my other colleagues and said, um, I think your resource would be so much better if you were actually working more closely with the operations. Would you consider moving abroad, uh, moving to Italy, which was where the European headquarters of the company was, um, and doing the same job, but working much more closely with European management? And I don't even think he finished his question, and I said, absolutely, I'm there. So um, moved to Italy. Um, which again, learned to speak Italian, uh, going through immersion courses was probably the most difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life where for three weeks, eight hours a day, six days a week, you do nothing but speak another language, one you don't really know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, took opportunities to move around to other countries, other opportunities, came back to the States for a couple of years. And then with another company, they were, uh, expanding international operations, and uh, I raised my hand again. So uh, the five countries, just to run down it, are US, Italy, Holland, um, England, and Belgium. So all in Europe. Oh, oh that is so fascinating. I, it's always a dream of mine to like travel like a lot of different places. So that is so amazing mm -hmm. how you've been to like so many different countries. Um, Kind of, I was just wondering was you did mention kind of like learning the new language. Um, it, it's very daunting. I am in I am learning Spanish right now in high school, and um, I know it's not the easiest thing to learn another language. But what is something that you kind of learned from maybe going to so many different places and countries and learning different languages? Is there something that you kind of learned from that? I I, I love that question, Hannah. That's um, uh. Every, every country, uh, 
every country has its own culture, its own pace, its own, um, uh, for example, German, I found Germany and Switzerland, which uh, the German speaking areas of Switzerland to be very precise in language and very precise in terms of how things work. Trains all run exactly on time. And, you know, when, when you go one kilometer an hour above the speed limit, you're speeding and they will stop you. And don't ask me how I know that, but uh, <laughs> they're very precise. And then in Italy, for example, you know, world moves at a much slower pace. Um, you know, the, the, the culture, the language, the mode of speaking, there's a lot more hand gestures. Uh, and you can work on, on a project and come to an agreement, but then the agreement is fine, but here's how I think we should operate day to day. So much less lacks, you just sort of make it up as it goes along and everybody's pretty much okay with that. So the languages and the mode of speaking and the, um, it's, it's related very closely to the culture of the country, the pace of the country and the people, the food, the, uh, there, there's so many different aspects. And I think language is just one little door you can open, but there's so much more out there to pick up and learn from it. So hats off in terms of, uh, to you in terms of learning another language. It's, it's, it's a very daunting task. And some people are, do really well at it. Others are very daunted by it, myself included. So, yeah, I was wondering, do you have any maybe advice for me or some other uh, uh, people who are trying to learn and learn a new language right now? Um, you know, what, what, are, what are the downsides of, of the, the U.S. is um, there's not always a lot of good opportunities to actually speak the language. Uh, or speak a different language. Um, you have to seek them out, but, uh, but I think you need to speak with native speakers. And I remember when I moved to Italy, even though I had had immersion classes, um, my, one of my first tasks was find, finding a, um, a rack to dry my clothes on after I'd washed them in my apartment. I go down to my local hardware store or what I thought was a hardware store, ended up doing charades, doing a lot of gestures, trying to get them to understand. And they were so gracious to help uh, a poor American who was just still learning. Um, but, but the ability to learn the language from native speakers, I think is really, it's, it's far and away the best way. And, and, and the other item I just throw out there is you can't be afraid to make mistakes. Know that you're going to make mistakes and ask for them to help correct you, people who are native speakers. And once you put that fear of, oh, I'm, I'm gonna make a mistake, everybody makes mistakes. Put that to the side or, or put it on the back burner and feel free to make mistakes, but have people help you along the way. I think we'll get you there so fast, much faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my actually my Spanish teacher does emphasize that too. Kind of like, don't be afraid to like make mistakes and like, kind of like learn from our mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. From all the languages that you learned, which one would you say was maybe the hardest to learn or hardest to catch on to? Well, 
when I was in school, again, I took French and I took a lot of French in um, uh, junior high and then into high school, I took three years. And then in college, I didn't know that if I had taken my senior year in high school in French, I wouldn't have had to take anything in college because I would have met the requirements. Didn't know. Um, so I had to take a couple of years in college as well. So I took French. Um, so it got to the point that I could, I could speak, I could read. Um, and then you throw Italian in the mix. And to learn Italian, my French kept coming out like nobody's business. Every time that I'd want to ask a question, I'd start asking it in French because <laughs> it was my only experience with another language. It was the one I was most familiar with that obviously was in the, 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 the deep recesses of my mind and it kept surfacing. So I, so I spoke what I like to call Fritalian or uh, uh, Italianche for a while, sort of a combination of the two and still have trouble separating the two out from time to time. So, uh, so yeah, that was the biggest challenge is making room for that second uh, uh, different language in my brain. It just, it was a challenge. Yeah, I kind of like the mixing of two languages. Um, I can definitely feel that. It gets like, there's so, so many words that are might be like really similar or just like, it, it might be hard to like organize your each languages. I, I definitely agree yeah. with that. Um, I was wondering, because you did go to my five countries and even traveling around the world, um, how has that like, or specifically how has COVID kind of impacted that with maybe like travel restrictions and um, how are you gonna, have you kind of, I know there's like virtual traveling, maybe like um, there's some websites that you can like virtually mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, have you like looked into that or do you, or what's something that you really miss about not being able to travel right now? Well, I, I, I've been very fortunate that I was able to retire a couple of years ago at a, a, a relatively young age for many retirees. So I, at least with COVID, don't have the pressure of trying to work from home. Um, so that's an upside, definitely, as, as I see many of my kids and, and friends who are still working and trying to get up to speed on new technology like Zoom um, and spending bulk of their days on Zoom calls, I'm sure, uh, that, that's not un, un, uh, unfamiliar to you as well, Hannah. But um, uh, it, it, it certainly has put a hole in my travel plans, a pretty big one. Uh, we, we really, we, we're, we're very much um, hunkered down to use a sort of a Southern US term. Uh, and, you know, the circle is basically my wife and I. And uh, we also have uh, my oldest daughter and her husband and, and two of my grandchildren uh, that we look after a couple times, a couple days a week. Uh, so we're able to do that. And I'm thankful for the time I get to spend uh, with them. So my circle's a little larger than most, but all ideas of travel and, and uh, uh, getting back out there and, and seeing a lot of the world that I haven't seen uh, it's just not happening. Uh, there's a couple of places, there are a couple of sites that do have uh, virtual travel. Um, I, I, I must admit, I've not spent a lot of time on those. And, and maybe 
maybe I should. One of, one of them is something called Road Scholar, Road, R-O-A-D Scholar. And they give these tours all around the world to all these different places and, and uh, very much learning opportunities in addition to travel. Um, and I've looked at a couple of theirs and, you know, I'm struggling to spend the amount they're looking for for a one hour class, um, to be frank. Um, but there's a couple of others that have come up now. I think uh, Viking Cruise Lines has been on PBS saying they've got uh, travel around the world. And I, I will look into a few of those. I, I uh, uh, definitely there's uh, I've, I've traveled a lot of places and seen a lot of things. Uh, but there's always more, and, and every time I, I uh, take these, I'm sure I'll learn even more than I, I thought I knew beforehand. So uh, there's a couple ideas that you, you spurred in my mind that I, I will follow up on. I think that's, that's a good, good, good question, good thought-provoking one. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I've been like, I really wanted to like travel um, over to summer last summer, uh, last mm -hmm. summer but obviously that did not happen so I did kind of look into like google maps and just like virtually look into mm -hmm. um so kind of like I know this might be hard to think about right now but kind of like forgetting of forget COVID for maybe a few minutes and <laughs> say that just everything was all normal um where would you travel to or is there a place that you would want to travel to next maybe well, the, the first place I'd want to travel is a lot closer to home. My wife and I uh, uh, ended our professional careers in the Chicago area, and we still have many, many good friends there. Uh, and I would love to be able to go back. And uh, every year, and we've been doing this for almost uh, 15 years now, we do Friendsgiving, which Friendsgiving is Thanksgiving celebration, but with the people you want to spend time with, not necessarily your family. <laughs> So there's about 20 of us, and we've been doing Friendsgiving. It's been growing over the last uh, more than a decade, and this is the first year we couldn't do it. So I would love to have a post-COVID Friendsgiving where not only we eat like kings and, 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 and laugh and just thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy each other's companies, but we can give hugs to people that we know and love. Oh, my gosh. That would be the best, best gift of all right there. And uh, one of my grandsons in uh, uh, the Chicago area, I've not seen for uh, going on a year now, uh, and he's growing like a weed. Uh, and I would just love to be able to go play face to face with him and, and again, lots of hugs. So that would be the first place. The second would be um, thinking a little further afield. Um, many of these same friends we do Friendsgiving with uh, we took, there were about eight of us that we took to Ireland. Um, it's been seven years now, and we're sort of trying to plan where's that next big adventure. Uh, so I, I was thinking um, uh, in the north of England, the, 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 uh, the Lakes District and the, um, uh, the Yorkshire Dales, uh, would love to, to go visit there. Uh, and it's just small villages. There's not really, there are big cities, but probably would avoid those like anything and just go from small village to small village and meander. And uh, we all tend to have just a tremendous time anytime we go anywhere together. Um, so that's the one that at least comes to front of mind, but, but I've got other suggestions people have put out there. 
the national parks in Utah, for example, I've never seen, uh, and, and many other uh, locations and places. Um, so again, I guess that's front of mind right now, but looking forward to it, obviously. Yes, definitely. Um, with like the vaccines and everything, um, hopefully we see kind of like the light um, in the tunnel, I guess, if that's like the very yeah. a lot. Um, but yes, hopefully everything will be back to normal soon so we can travel more places. That's always our biggest hope. But um, I know COVID kind of like did open up like a lot of new things, such as like Zoom and kind of like mm -hmm. working outside and stuff um, or working at home. Um, what is one thing that you learned from COVID-19 and just like this pandemic in general? Well, I, I, one thing I've learned is, is Zoom, which, um, you know, this kind of technology existed before. And, and in my working life, um, we always did conference calls. And, and even though I, I was working with people all around the world, it would have been nice to do Zoom calls with them. I, I had colleagues in India and Norway and, and uh, China that I had never met face to face. And I think Zoom would have been an interesting way to at least use the technology that's out there. Um, I, I guess I've also learned that by, um, I've learned to really appreciate the ability to slow down. And not just because I'm fortunate enough to be retired, but, but really just slow down the pace of life that, that you know, I, I don't have anywhere to go or anywhere to be today, for example, other than these calls. And uh, uh, which, which, again, a very welcome diversion, very much welcome. Um, but it's okay. There's plenty to do here. And there's plenty of things that, that uh, I've been putting off for years or said, you know, when I get time, I really should, you know, go through my storage room and thin things out. Well, guess what? My storage room has never looked better. So <laughs> my garage has never been cleaner. So, and that's okay. It's okay. Because if this is what we need to do to get through this and keep us healthy and, and alive and, and doing okay, it's it's a small price to pay. It really is. So, mm -hmm. what is something that like kept you through this pandemic, or something that like makes you happy um, during these times? Well, I, I guess getting through it. Um, uh, I, I I love to cook, so I've been cooking up a storm, and even my wife has said, you know. Um, and she says, I'm, I'm really improving in a lot of dishes to where she doesn't really have that much of an urge to go out to eat right now because the, the meals she says at, at home are just as good, if not better. So that's a good thing. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I guess just more on the um, uh, overall front is just knowing at some point this will end. It will. And you know, it's lasted longer than anybody wanted it to. I think at first people thought a couple of months, this will be behind us. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for those uh, scientists who, who worked on all of these great vaccines that are coming out now. Uh, and thankful for everybody in, in the medical field and first responders and others who've been on the front line working uh, just on ungodly hours, uh, trying to keep people uh, with us and uh, suffering significantly 
and uh, just knowing that at some point this will be behind us. So, you know, is it inconvenient in the short term? Yeah. Is it, is it kind of a pain in the butt? Yeah. Is, is, is it always going to be like this? No. No. We can get through anything. We really can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do agree that, like, in the beginning of the pandemic or when it started, it's crazy to think that was last year in March. Like, it's, it's been weird, and I feel like that's kind of, for me, that's, like, really crazy to think about. It's, like, how fast yet slow things move, if that makes right. sense. Like, wow, like almost a year. <laughs> it, it has been. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of it in that term, but you're, you're right. It's been about a year since we started locking everything down and isolating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I just like realized this, um, but it's like how time is just like really, in reality, it's just like really short or it just feels like maybe 10 years means like a really long time when you like say the word 10 years but i feel like in reality it's not actually or like it's like the feeling of it maybe like i don't know well i i I agree with that i mean think back when you were young and you'd have a birthday coming up it took forever for your birthday to get here forever and now um the, the 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 days the days go slowly but the weeks fly by if that makes sense that, that i think as you age you have a much more acute sense of time and the pace at which it's moving uh i'm i'm keenly aware of that <laughs> there, there, there's so many things i want to do and uh you know it, it's it's the one unknown is is you know, how much time we have left to fit all those fun things into. So that's, but yeah, that's, that's a good observation. I like that. Yeah, um, you did mention kind of like your, you have a cooking or I think in your two years in yes. one month, you did mention that that was like your first uh, job choice or to be a chef? Uh, it, 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 uh, it was the kind of thing that I started cooking um, Really, I, I, I don't know, I was probably five or six, and we had some family friends that we would go to church on Sunday, and then we would stop by their house, and we would all have breakfast. Um, and there, there were family friends, but we called them uncle and aunt, so it was Uncle Charlie and Aunt Betty, and they were delightful people, just always thought the world of that. But Uncle Charlie, and this was back in the, um, right around 1960, so early 60s, Uncle Charlie actually cooked breakfast. I had never seen a man cook before I met Uncle Charlie. So Uncle Charlie's over there cooking up a storm. I pull up a a stool next to him and I'm watching him do that. So after a couple of weeks, he has me cracking eggs and and turning things over in the pan. And and he was kind and he he would rave about how wonderful the eggs were that that, that Chris cracked open and and who made the ham because it's the best I've ever had. He just made me feel so, so important. And that really started the spark. Um, As as I aged, I I, uh, was always interested in in cooking. I would find recipes and my my mother was kind enough to indulge me and allow me to cook some things. I don't think I ever set the kitchen or anything on fire, at least that I could remember. 
but uh, uh, she encouraged it. And then when I got into high school, my very first job was I was a dishwasher at a coffee shop in a Sears store at uh, the local mall. That was, that was the first mall in the big city that I, I was living in at the time. And uh, within a, a month or two, I, I moved up to sort of the short order cook. So I would do lunches and hamburgers and breakfasts and things like that. And, and uh, when I was graduating high school, I, I, I uh, thought I would like to be a chef. But this is long before there was no food network, there was no um, cooking shows, there was no anything. Uh, there, there, well, there were two shows, I should say, and each was half an hour. So um, I didn't know where to turn. And uh, uh, my guidance counselor in high school was at a bit of a loss in terms of where I should go to school or how I should study to do this. So uh, spent time as an apprentice chef for several years and learned a ton and did a lot of dirty work to get there. But still to this day, I, uh, um, I always loved, I would spend all day on the computer working through mathematical models and business models. And it was all theoretical. And then I would come home and I would use my hands to make something. And the, the, the benefit is then you get to eat a wonderful meal afterwards. So it was very different from what I did day in, day out. Yeah, wow, that's that's really fascinating how like from a young age you're like exposed to like how to crack an egg and all that. <laughs> oh, I just have one quick question. Um <laughs> if that's overthinking. But um I was wondering what's like the most or the proudest like meal that you made that you're most proud of? Oh that's a tough one. Um I remember making, uh, oh, here's a good one. In high school, there was a group, there was a group, uh, about 10 of us, and we would hang out regularly. And one night, we, we decided one night to, we would make a meal together. And, you know, a couple people would make the something to start off, and a couple people would make a salad, a couple people would make a main course. I got dessert. I made a chocolate souffle that came out and it was probably, you know, it was massive and it brought the house down. I mean, there, oh, it, it, was, it was the first time I'd ever made one, didn't know if it would turn out or, or be sort of this uh, blob at the bottom of the pan, but it, it, it was a big hit. So I still remember that very fondly. Oh, wow, that, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> so, I guess start by telling me a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm a junior at West, our IOC West High School. And um, I would say, or kind of the things that I'm involved in are journalism. Um, that's how I found out about this opportunity. And I'm very glad that our advisor has shared it with us. It, this is very fun to do. Um, so hopefully I can do more of these and also um, I also do a lot of, well, not a lot of sports, but I do a few sports, um, swimming and soccer. Um, I've been doing, I've been swimming since um, maybe like five when I, I started with doing this little um, recreational, like level one swimming where you like tuck your head under the water and <laughs> how I started. Um, and also soccer, I've been 
I did like tiny tot soccer when I was little and I I've been didn't I didn't haven't doing soccer like continuously I've been doing like for like two years and then took a break and another two years and it's kind of going on and off but right now I'm in the club Iowa soccer club um it's in Iowa City but um yeah that's kind of like a few things that I do in my time um obviously school too (laughs) I do homework and stuff but yeah that's kind of like overall what I do um throughout okay well that's helpful thank you um so so uh, obviously as uh, we talked you know it's been a year since COVID has uh, uh sort of thrown the world on its on its head um how have you been coping with this um yes definitely the first few months of the pandemic um march maybe through like june it was very difficult um for me because it was just like too sudden just like all of a sudden i just stopped seeing my friends and stopped seeing people in general um so i am like pretty kind of like social I, I really love people and like talking to people so for me that was definitely the most difficult part about the pandemic as a whole and so I've been finding kind of ways to keep in touch with my friends whether that's like FaceTime or maybe just like a simple text um uh that's kind of what's keeping me through um just like really interacting with my friends in some way shape or form um obviously I love to see them like in person but mm-hmm. um it's obviously things oh kind of had to change through that but i've been adjusting like my communications with my friends um definitely keeping in touch with them is like keeping me through right well is is is, is there are there any positives you see coming out of this um COVID environment that we're all living in yeah i would definitely say um the zooms um <laughs> i know <laughs> i feel like I actually didn't know what Zoom was actually um, sent until like last March when we had to use all of it. Um, so I did um, get myself familiar with Zoom, but I just love um, just kind of like how you can be connected, like you can be connected with someone from far away. And it, I feel like in my mind, being connected with someone was always just like, oh, someone next to you or like someone who you're like actually talking to one on one in person. but actually um being on zoom with someone maybe across the country or um maybe like somewhere in a different country like it's so easy to like be connected with someone who you maybe didn't even know until like even on a zoom call with so i feel like that one positive thing for me was just like being able to like get to know people that you never seen before or it's i feel like that's like really a good thing for me uh, at least from the pandemic and I, I absolutely echo your your sentiment that uh, there's there's lots of things we can do on our own that perhaps we were too busy to do. So uh, I can absolutely appreciate that. So name one thing that makes you smile. Um, hmm. it's kind of hard to name one thing. But... Several then. Several. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I would have to say a few of the things that make me happy are are definitely like my friends and my family. Just being able to like just talk to them and being having like in them in my life just like really lightens my day. It's it's very nice to just have someone to talk to and also just someone to kind of 
you know, just like spend every day with. It's very nice to have that, which makes me very happy. Um, also, have to say my give a shout out to my two cats. I have. Um, they're very. <laughs> I'm a big cat person, and I really love cats. And especially my two cats that I own. They're very cute, and I really like love them. So, yeah, definitely. My. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I know a lot of people are are doing a lot with pets, probably more than they had been before uh, uh, the pandemic. So uh, again, absolutely, I think that that's that's uh, important. Let me go back to one item you mentioned a little earlier when you were talking about your interest in school and journalism, which is how you found out about this opportunity. What, 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 how did you decide, or what made you think? I really want to do this gem stories. Oh, yes. For gem stories specifically, um, like I said, I just really love people and just like really love talking to people. And especially um, most of the people that I talk to are um, people in my grade or kind of people the age is around me um, or just people who go to my school. Um, so I really wanted to kind of like talk to someone, especially take this um take advantage of the opportunity of zoom and stuff um be type of talk to um someone who's not in my generation and also just like hearing about different experiences is just like what i really love and just really love and really enjoy too so that's what really drew me into gen stories especially well again i just think that's incredibly cool and, and again i want to say thank you for doing this i think this is a cool program and i'm, I'm glad you sort of put your hand up or step forward and say, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. So kudos to you. Um, I, I guess, um, given that we've been about a year into to COVID and, and hopefully we're, we're, we've got a light at the end of the tunnel that, that uh, this will end, um, what, what would you like to be doing in about, oh, five years or so? Um, either next year or five years from now uh, that you're not able to do now? Yes, for me, um, I would really have to say just like um, just meeting new people like in person more and also more. Um, I really, um, really just loved seeing new things, trying new things out. Um, as scary as it seems, that's kind of like what I like to do, kind of just like Obviously, not all the time it goes well, but I I just kind of like taking that risk, just kind of um, trying new things, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, um, okay, just start back over, see, <laughs> to see another thing. Um, I do really want to travel, have more opportunities for traveling, um, whether that's in the country or maybe outside of the country, um, especially with COVID restrictions, that's not really possible right now, but as you said, kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, hopefully things will get better in the next year or at least five years, hopefully. Um, right. And just um, interact with like new things that I never had before. Well, you, you piqued my curiosity with your comment that you like to perhaps try things that are unique and different. Uh, and sometimes they work out well and sometimes not so well. Uh, is is there an example of one, and you get to pick whether it turned out well or not well? That that uh, uh, your your adventurous spirit to try something new and different. Yeah, um, 
I would have to say um, when I was at elementary school, um, I did try out um, acting and musicals. Uh, I did really enjoy them, and I was like, oh, let's give it a shot. A lot of my friends were doing it too. Or one of my close friends were in plays, and I actually watched them. They're in their plays, and that's what kind of sparked my interest in maybe like an acting and musicals. Um, not saying I didn't. Not saying it went horribly wrong, but <laughs> in my opinion, I would say I wasn't too good at singing <laughs> as I thought it would be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I mentioned, it didn't go horrible, but it didn't go well. I would say <laughs> so. I that's when I realized um, maybe I can find something new that's not involving singing. <laughs> <laughs> But now you know, that's good, that's good. You yeah. know, I, I often say that learning uh, uh, what you're not good at is almost as important as learning something you are good at. So it just narrows the list, so. Um, you said you're a junior, obviously uh, uh, it'd, be, it'd be great if for, for certainly for next year, for your senior year, assuming things go uh, well, that you could be back in school and have, have all those great experiences of, of the senior year. What comes next? What, what, what's your thought in terms of what's next for Hana? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about my senior year and we are like actually re registering for like our classes next year already, which is kind of scary to think about. <laughs> but um, I just really hope our my senior year next year is just like some sort of normal. Um, I know, um, the grade above me, the grade um, two years above me had um, COVID just really impacted their um, junior year and um, senior year especially. Um, I just really hope that I get to experience some of the things that what a typical senior year will look like. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, maybe prom or just like like the senior parties, just all that. Um, I, I just really hope that I get to experience those things. and. Mm -hmm. If I don't, in some way, shape, or form, I would hopefully have like a, like quote normal senior year, I guess. But mm -hmm. so, what comes after senior year? What are you thinking at this point? Yeah, I'm also thinking about kind of what comes next um, after I graduate. Uh, I'm thinking into kind of like uh, what I want to do in college, um, but I'm really interested in like psychology and. Um, it's called like behavior or like behavior and stuff um so i'm looking into kind of that seeing any colleges have any programs like that i might be interested in um i don't have like a specific college that i have like my eyes on or anything like that so, like exploring a different um see what's fit for me and just kind of like like google like what's it called kind of in process of like google google searching or like Kind of like that process right now, but. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess, tell me one thing you're good at and one thing you'd like to get better at. Mm. Hmm. If I have to choose one thing um, I'm good at, I guess, I would mm -hmm. say, hmm. Maybe this is kind of hard. I would. Hmm. It can be anything. Hmm. 
I would maybe I would say kind of like one thing I might be good at is maybe like communication. I guess I feel like that's good, <laughs> but like maybe just like being like the ability like to talk to like new people, especially. Um, the weird thing is like, I used to be like really shy, especially in kindergarten. I was like that one person that would hide behind mom when a new person would come up, but. Um, I think it was like high school when it was like I met so many new people and especially for journalism when I like started interviewing new people that I never met before that kind of like really opened my eyes to saying like wow people can be interesting or <laughs> people are <laughs> be fun to like talk to people so I would say I really journalism has really built my ability or built my skills to kind of like communicate with other people and stuff like that um, one thing I would say I'm not too good at, um, I, I feel like I can't really like put it into like one thing, but if I have to choose, I would probably say kind of like, i not saying that I'm like an overachiever, but I do kind of like tend to things to be perfect. So I. I do kind of like want everything to like be perfect and that can be like in a way it can be a good thing but obviously it can be really I would say like toxic if you think about it um so I kind of feel like um especially with like COVID and most like all my things are that I do for school are like online and we have kind of more time to work on stuff um I kind of find myself kind of like working to last minute like it has to be perfect but um i just realized like wait it, it doesn't have to be perfect i mean it would be ideal if it's perfect but um i don't have to i just realized like it doesn't have to be like a hundred percent perfect a hundred percent of the time so i've been trying to like keep that in mind and saying like hold on it doesn't have to be perfect so i think that's one thing i'm working on kind of yeah and that's that's a good one. You're not alone in that. I, I can tell you many uh, many of us, and and certainly I, I, I see uh, Julie's head nodding. I, I'm very familiar with that as well. So that, that's a common item, and and you're right. Um, so again, nothing to feel bad about at all, and and just the realization that that you do it, and perhaps there's some flexibility there. I think is a huge learning. So kudos to you. Um, well, uh, another question, aside from your parents, who's influenced you most in your life? Mm, I would have to say, oh, besides my parents, um, I guess I have to say my sister, if, if yeah, if that counts, like another family member, sure. but my sister, uh, she's uh, seven years older than me, six and a half, mm -hmm. something around there, but she's pretty much older than me and um she's on she's goes she goes to college or she went to college in japan and she actually right now um so i haven't seen her in person in quite a long time maybe two years or so but we do stay connected but um as i don't know as cheesy as it sounds um i do really look up to her she I mean, she probably doesn't notice <laughs> really but i do like kind of secretly just really look up to her and it's I was kind of like the copycat of her um whatever what she did I I was like oh since she did it I was mm -hmm. it's kind of like that um 
like older sibling and younger sibling like relationship that we kind of had just like I would she kind of did hate that I always copied her but um <laughs> that was like that was kind of like she she's really was my um influencing me like what I do now like I would have been involved in journalism if it wasn't for her because involved in journalism in high school and she really recommended it to me and at first I was in too sure because I knew I wasn't the best writer or I didn't really love reading stuff back then but now I'm really glad that she recommended that our journalism to me because now it's like such a big part of my life and if it wasn't for her like I wouldn't have been able to so I would have to say like definitely my sister has played a big role in my life. I, I, I love that story. Being the youngest of five kids, I absolutely could appreciate how you do look up to your your big brothers, big sisters, whatever. Um, and and they, they sort of set a direction and a track that those of us who follow are, are certainly influenced by. I see it in my grandsons. My older one is doing things, some which I prefer he didn't, but the younger one just copies it all. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's again. I think that's a that's again. I really like that that response. Um, thinking back, is it is there a, a, an accomplishment or something you've achieved that you're most proud of? What would that be? Yeah, um, I would say kind of tying back to like journalism. But probably my biggest accomplishment is. Um, just being on staff, or my West Side Story staff, uh, which is our high school newspaper that I write for. But probably, it's not like a specific thing, but just being able to be on the staff, I feel like it's just a big accomplishment for me because when, back when like, when I was in elementary school, junior high, um, when my sister was on staff, I was like, West Side Story seems such a far away thing from me. And it, it was so professional. So I was like, oh, wow. like. I couldn't even think of myself being on this such professional staff and but now I think about it being on that staff now it's just amazing how like wow I'm on the staff that like, a few years ago I thought like really looked up to and now I'm part of it so I feel for me that's like my biggest accomplishment um just being able to just be part of a such amazing program that we have at West and just being able to like kind of just like I don't know. Yeah, just being able to be on the staff is just like a war, like very awarding to me, and I just like love. It. Yeah, uh, that's great. I love that, and and again, just being part of an organization that you looked up to, and and uh, perhaps never thought you could be part of, or or imagine that you were would be part of it, and now you are, and you realize that. I I, I love those kind of learnings. I. I uh, uh, those are the kinds of things um, that, that take us from just daydreaming or thinking about something and actually making it occur. So good for you. Um, I, I guess, um, what's, what's your favorite place you've ever visited? Um, so I go to Japan every summer, um, at least until last year. Um, but. I really enjoy going to Japan because, or both of my parents are from Japan, so they have more uh, knowledge about like the culture and what 
and kind of like more memories with them because that's where kind of like they grew up through childhood um but for me i like i said in my two truths and one lie um i never moved with houses before i just kind of always stayed in iowa and never really traveled anywhere besides um, maybe japan every year but i feel like going to japan um it really opens up like a new culture for me and kind of like it really introduces like a different culture and my especially my parents' culture so i just like love learning about it and um being there is kind of like a second home for me or i don't know it or maybe my first home or second home i don't know but it's just like another place for me to be and i just really love that and um the people there are amazing and their food there is extraordinary too it's i love their food there um i <laughs> tend to eat a lot when i go there so <laughs> that's all right it i i feel like that's very it, it's all rewarding so no i i i love that uh, now i've not had an opportunity to visit japan before but uh, uh it's definitely a place that i i i would welcome an opportunity uh, again, I understand it's very unique, very vibrant, and I've heard the same thing about the food, that the food there is incredible. So uh, that also has it high on my list. So glad, glad, glad uh, to hear that. I, I guess just one other item, a, a bit more um, philosophical, or maybe, maybe I'm overblowing it, but is, is there a final thought or a piece of advice that as, as uh, a teenager, you'd like to have a senior know about you or your generation? Mm -hmm. um, probably for me, I mean, I can't really speak from all the teenagers, <laughs> for, mm -hmm. but um, especially like for me and also maybe people around me, I would say um, the biggest thing, especially during COVID, it's there's a lot going on in our lives and i know with school is like different and like no other year um i especially for speaking of like obviously the community school district there's two completely different learning models now it's just all in person or all online that i feel like that really divided our student body i feel like so it's i i know like a lot of people are going through things whether they're in the in-person or online we each like all have our own like challenges and just like a lot of new things and we just have to adjust every day which i know is very difficult for a few people um a few students especially or especially high school students um with all their activities and homework and schoolwork that they have um on their back always like always having those weight on their shoulders but yeah i would have to say the difficulty of adjusting. I know this this applies for everyone actually, I feel like, but just especially for high school students, um the uncertainty of every day has been a biggest um wall, I feel like, or biggest like hit point for us. Right. Well and I, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean we I I read about it, I hear about it, uh, but I'm not living it. Um, again, I've been able to step away and been very blessed to be able to step away from the work world and not have to um, be on Zoom all day and try and learn from a distance. And, and uh, uh, I have friends who have children who, who are teachers uh, and they're also um, struggling mightily 
making this kind of adjustment. It's a big adjustment for everybody. But uh, again, I'm, I'm very fortunate to not be on the front line at this stage and, and certainly thankful for that, but appreciate, I, I think you, you summed up pretty succinctly uh, the kinds of pressures and, and changes. And, and uh, again, nobody wants you guys to get back to a normal life and have a great senior year more than more than this generation. I guarantee you that. So we can all get back to it. So, okay. When, when you go to Japan, you eat all this wonderful food. What's your favorite thing to eat there? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there, I know I do still eat a lot of sushi um, here. Um, but I feel like the real sushi is in Japan, obviously, because that's where mm -hmm. it makes This is the real, or quote, real sushi, I guess. Um, it's, that's what, I, some, that's what I really look forward to when I go there. And there's also a lot of different other foods. Um, I really love their, um, like, desserts. Uh, they have a lot of really good, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Um, there's, like, a few kind of, like, the things that you like can, like, walk and eat so it's kind of designed mm -hmm. that you buy it and then you just like, walk and eat um in the streets um but there's like a big like oh it's hard to explain <laughs> it's like a corn dog but it's not it's <laughs> it's like a steak where there's like a bunch of uh it, Oh, yeah, this is really hard to explain. <laughs> but it sounds like it's a dessert on a stick that is just to die for. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Now I must remember that. Yes, I, I would definitely recommend going there and definitely eating oh, lots of different foods. There's a lot of things there, so... Good. Well, I, I just like to take a moment. I know we're winding up on time, but Hannah, I'd like to say thank you for signing up. This has been, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I, 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 it was a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for sort of stepping forward and saying, I'll do this. Uh, I, it really is appreciated by me. And I just wanted to let you know. So thank you. I, I want to like bounce those back words back to you because I, I've really enjoyed this so much. Um, I really hope I can speak to you some again. I know it's like hopefully maybe in person someday, but I'd, lo I'd love nothing more. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for spending your time on a Saturday afternoon with me. Uh, it's it's been so fun.